Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. And welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to answer a question about substances and domestic abuse. But before we jump into that topic, I want to draw your attention to an upcoming event in September, uh, PeaceWorks Live. PeaceWorks Live is our annual conference, and this year is set to be a good one. Myself, Greg Wilson, Ben Marshall, walking you through some theological concepts, some practical concepts to help you and your church ministry respond better to the evil of domestic abuse. So please consider being part of PeaceWorks Live. You can attend it via live stream, but of course it's better in person, and uh, you certainly want to be part of the community and the uh, work that's going to be done here in Charleston, West Virginia. So to learn more about PeaceWorks Live, head over to chrismoles.org. Scroll down a bit, and you'll see uh, our faces on the flyer. Okay, so uh, please consider joining us uh, in West Virginia this fall. So today's episode, we're going to tackle a a question about substance abuse. It's very specific, uh, so we're going to do our best. I would not consider myself an expert uh, on substances or addiction, although I've been around addiction for decades. You know, my work in corrections was initially, when I started working in corrections, how many ever years ago, 21 years ago, uh, was initially with drug offenders uh, exclusively. So my first several years of teaching uh, was with drug-related offenses. Methamphetamine at the time uh, was big. But as I continued on, of course, the economics of drug use changed and uh, heroin, opioids uh, and it became a big problem, especially where I live. At one point, uh, this area where I live was called the opioid capital of the world. And so I know a lot of folks who've struggled with addiction, in particular heroin, and I've known several folks who've died as a result of their addiction. But, you know, by God's grace, I also know several folks uh, who've come out of addiction. So uh, with that being said, I I thought this question was very uh, good. I think it's something that's going to be helpful for us. It it is a bit lengthy, but uh, that'll just give us more content to interact with. So What is your opinion? Here's the question. What is your opinion on how Alcoholics Anonymous, that's AA, how the handbook describes the disease of alcoholism to wives? In many ways, the up and down patterns of behavior described in AA seem to mimic the cycle of abuse. If that's true, in cases where alcohol use are a key factor, are abusive husbands simply a victim of the disease of alcoholism, or is his abuse something altogether separate? If he is a victim of his disease, should a spouse be understanding and compassionate toward and make allowances for the suffering of an alcoholic? So I'm not familiar with the big book specifically. I mean, I know about it. Um, I've been around 12 steps, uh, obviously within corrections. That was... um, something that was prominently used. Uh, I did not do substance abuse work specifically, um, but I have a little bit of knowledge. So I will say this. I think there has been historically 
a view within the substance abuse community that alcohol abuse or what is sometimes labeled alcoholism uh, is a disease. It's a sickness. And using the disease model, then uh, there are treatments and then there are ways in which you're a victim of the disease. I would be a little bit I would be a little bit leery of those labels, not because I think they're overtly damaging to anybody. I do think they're somewhat inaccurate. I think there's maybe healthier ways to look at addiction and substance abuse. Uh, however, I, I don't spend a lot of times championing those, those causes. Like you can't call yourself an alcoholic. It's really not that big of a deal. It's more important is how you view your substance abuse, how you view your addiction and how you view your recovery. Um, but I do think there has been historically some problems with the idea of the disease model. Now, I'm not denying that substances will affect you physiologically. I think that's absolutely 100% true. Substances will affect you physiologically. So, you know, I remember working with a heroin addict who was so corrupted in his beliefs that um, and his idols were so entrenched in his heart that he literally would choose dope over his family. And he would tell you that, that, that he would rather have a bag of drugs, a bag of dope, than he would his family. Um, and that is unnatural, and that is abnormal, and it is this weird interplay between his heart and mind and what his body is doing, um, especially with a drug like like heroin or with opioids. Um, that's a that's a reality of how your physical body's fighting against you know truth and, and perceptions, and very similar with alcohol. Individuals who are addicted are going to um, struggle physiologically. Now, do I think it's a disease pre-consumption, pre-abuse? As far as physiologically, I struggle with that quite a bit. I, and I, I don't know that there's really clear evidence on that. But I do think that's something that's been promoted in a lot of the 12-step programs for a long time. Um, and that's a, maybe a different debate for a different day. The, the issue that the questioner brings up, that is a great issue. Like it's one worth discussing, is if that were true, if alcoholism is a disease, am I not merely the victim of my disease if alcohol consumption contributes to my abuse. You see, there's like these dominoes that the system has created that if one is true, then the other could be true, then the other one is true. So that was a huge, um, a commonly held, I should say, belief in the uh, temperance movement back in the day uh, that men were abusive in large part, if not entirely, due to alcohol consumption. And if we could just promote sobriety, if we could just eliminate alcohol, we would eliminate abuses. And I think if anything, prohibition taught us that uh, alcohol in and of itself was not the cause. Certainly it can be a contributor, but it was not the cause. And so to the questioner's point, I, I want to go back to the question because I've went around the barn a good bit here. Um, yes, the behaviors of addicts and abusers are very similar. And so are some of the treatment options that are available to them are similar, but they are two different things. 
uh, two different problems that are kind of built around very similar idols, if we're going to use biblical counseling terms. There's definitely entitlement, shame, uh, fear that's birthed from pride, that type of insecurity fear. Um, There's definitely uh, manipulation, coercion, and all of those kind of play into each other, and they're both hidden sins. Uh, But they are different. Will they have overlap? Absolutely. I can't tell you the number of times I've worked with people with co-occurring issues that were abusive while also addicted. Does the addiction produce the abuse? There's no evidence of that. We have yet to find evidence that substances cause abuse. Now, when I say abuse, I'm talking about that pattern of coercively controlling behavior, right? So there are criminal acts that would be considered abusive that, that may be a little different, like a, um, a singular violent incident. I'll give you an example. I worked with a guy who um, was a drinker and was never violent in the home. Uh, however, he consumed one substance that he just couldn't handle. He, he would get drunker quicker with this substance, and um, he became violent one night, was arrested uh, for domestic battery. And so he committed an act of domestic abuse, but he wasn't historically. So, yeah, was there a pattern? We didn't see one. Um, And this alcohol consumption was part of that. But we would often say this, and I think this is still true, and he would acknowledge this. It's alcohol doesn't change your values. It changes your judgment. And he would even acknowledge that there was something in his heart that the alcohol just revealed, that um, that particular substance revealed it a lot quicker, uh, and he had less control. It lowered his inhibitions to the point that he could act on it, but it was still his responsibility. And I think that's kind of the most commonly held reality, a commonly held theory uh, within abuse work, is that you're still responsible for your choices, that from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. From um, your beliefs come your behavior. And so an individual who chooses to be abusive, uh, the substances are not causing the abuse as much as they're revealing the abuse. Substances are less likely to be causing and more likely to be contributing. And if there has been or there is a pattern of abusive behavior, it, could it escalate when alcohol is involved? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so is the answer sobriety? Not specifically. Would sobriety be good for this person? Yes. I think it would be a helpful part of the process if they um, found a way to live apart from excessive alcohol consumption. I actually think alcohol abuse is going to harm them and harm others in significant ways. Is that the whole of the issue? No. No, I don't think so. I think um, an individual who becomes sober without a relevant heart change in the areas of entitlement and um, those beliefs that have been driving that behavior run the risk of continuing to abuse. Will it be a significant? Maybe not. Will it escalate? Usually does. And so I think there's still plenty of room and necessity to unearth um, 
the real problem. So that goes to the, the questioner statement is, are abusive husbands simply a victim of the disease of alcoholism? There's nothing simple about abuse dynamics. Nothing simple about abusive individuals. They're very complex, just like the rest of us. And um, so, no, I can't say that. The abusive husbands are simply a victim of the disease of alcoholism. I, I don't think they are a victim. I think in many ways they are suffering the consequences of their own choices. I think uh, the substances um, contribute to the lowering of one's inhibitions, to the altering of one's judgments, to revealing one's values and character. Um, I actually think in some cases alcohol makes it easier for an individual to abuse. I've seen that too many times to count where one's substance abuse is directly related to one's desire to abuse because of this very fact. Well, that wasn't me. It was the drugs. It wasn't me. It was the alcohol. And yet you continue to use substances when conflict arises, yet you continue to get drunk or high or messed up when conveniently at a time when you want to be abusive because that substance allows you to do that. And it also gives you uh, an excuse. And I've seen that again, far too many times to count. So is, is he simply a victim of the disease of alcoholism? He's not. And most abuse experts would agree. Substances don't cause abuse. They can contribute, but they don't cause. So is abuse is something together, altogether separate, the questioner says. Yeah, somewhat. I would say perhaps because he is a complex kind of marble cake of this, that, and the other, like all of us are, uh, there are probably entitlements and beliefs, um, fears, problems, um, desires that are all intertwined in there that contribute to both abuse and substance abuse. Um, there, there are probably things that contribute, again, to, to both problems, if not more problems that this individual is facing. But I do think it's a lot deeper. The solution, maybe, is a lot more powerful than just sobriety. Um, and it must be kind of digging into the level of the heart, calling an individual to repentance. Because look at it this way. If, if you're abusing your partner and abusing alcohol, and you find sobriety from the alcohol, but you never repent of abusing your partner, then what change has really been made? Will you not simply find different ways to abuse your partner if that aspect of your heart and your life hasn't been addressed? And I think that's the real danger here. And uh, most folks in the work, whether they're Christians or not, uh, would, would hold to that that substances do not cause uh, abusive behavior. So with that in regard, should the spouse be understanding and compassionate toward and make allowances for his suffering as an alcoholic? Um, I think we should always be compassionate when someone is suffering from an addiction. Uh, however, compassion is not the same um, as this idea of, that was being said here, making allowances. Yes, I can have compassion and I can show someone kindness by suggesting that they get help, requiring that they get help, separating until they get help, 
I can do all of these things in the face of addiction that are kind and compassionate without allowing you to harm me. Yes, I can cut off your access to the funds if all you're going to do is spend all the money on on drugs or alcohol. Yeah, I mean, I can change the locks on the door and get some help to until you get help so you don't sell everything that we have to go buy more drugs. Yes, I can, you know, I can run the risk of leaving you to your own devices. Will that person, you know, if they're really addicted to a substance, will they become homeless? Will they run away? Will they make bad decisions? All of those are real possibilities, you know. Um, but no, I, I don't have to give in to a person's addiction um, as a means of compassion. Compassion can be active. I'm, I'm hurt, I'm moved, but I'm moved to act, and I want to act for their best uh, in their best interest, for their best futures. Uh, and that's just the addiction side of things. Certainly the abuse side of things is similar in that I want to get uh, help as quickly and effectively as possible. I want to um, find the support that I need. I want to find individuals that can help in the uh, accountability process. Maybe want to reach out to the courts if and, and law enforcement if I need that kind of help. And so, no, I, I don't think the answer to abuse um, is a to blame it on alcohol because I don't think alcohol is the cause. I think it can't be contribute a contributor. Um, and, and no, I don't think compassion looks like continuing to be harmed in any way. Um, this individual needs help, not just for their substance abuse. They certainly need substance abuse help, but if they are abusing people, they also need help in recognizing, um, and, and recovering from repenting from, um, those acts of abuse. Uh, so no, I haven't read the big book section on, uh, alcohol and abuse. I'm assuming by its age and kind of some historical views that there probably needs to be an update. We've learned a lot more about abuse and substances in, uh, in recent years. No, I do not think that a abusive husband is simply a victim of alcoholism. I think they, made choices. They continue to make, make choices, even though those choices are easier to make physiologically and mentally and spiritually and emotionally, they continue to make those choices. And the abuse is separate from the alcohol while the alcohol may contribute by lowering one's inhibitions, um, altering one's judgment it can contribute to the severity, uh, and the escalation of the abuse. The abuse is still a matter of the heart. So I hope that's helpful. I, I pray that that gives at least some clarity on that uh, for all of us, uh, those who are suffering, maybe those who are um, struggling with an addiction, uh, and those who are helpers. Appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate everybody who is part of the PeaceWorks podcast. Uh, if you'd like to learn more, if you're benefiting from what you're learning on the PeaceWorks podcast, there's a lot of other resources available to you at chrismoles.org, including PeaceWorks University and our upcoming event, PeaceWorks Live. So be sure to check out chrismoles.org. Learn more about uh, other ways that you can be engaged and involved in this work. Thank you guys. Until next time, God bless.